0: Hey everybody, it's your host Vic Lopez for All Things Basketball Podcast. It's going to be a quick episode really about the top three prospects, Jabari Smith, uh, Paulo Banquero, and Chet Holmgren. It is draft day, June 23rd, 2022, and I'm recording this at 12.02pm out of Miami, Florida, If you're new to the podcast, good. So am I. I'm brand new to this podcast. We have that one thing in common. We might disagree on everything. That's fine. It's all in good fun at the end of the day for the draft tonight. And just to kind of give a quick intro about this episode, uh, it's really just going to be my opinion, what I think is going to happen, who I think should go number one. Uh, It's not going to be too in-depth, but it is going to have some good details that people should take into consideration when listening to this episode. So uh, before we get into that, though, let's get a little intro. And Holmgren with the defense on Brown, and now Chet leads the break. Down the lane! And the two-handed hammer! Oh. This is a seven-foot, 7 one Big man pushing in transition. Be... Here's Holmgren. He can shoot the three. Puts it on the floor. Drives to the rim. High off the... And Van Carroll a strong drive and out the bucket too. And Carroll. The whistle. The Devils take the lead. How about Pocket that? Ball, bully ball right there. Oh, they it right to it. The... Watch out for Jabari Smith. He finishes and he gets fouled. Oh, Jabari Smith in traffic. Jabari Smith. That silky smooth stroke knocks it down. Green with the lot to Smith who puts it down Episode one has officially begun. Right as I start, I'm going to go ahead and just explain what I've seen throughout this time. I'm going to start with Chet Holmgren, who, in my opinion, should be the number one pick. Uh, I don't really see any other option in this scenario, especially for Orlando. There are two ways they can go about it. They can get someone with a high floor, right, Uh, in Jabari Smith, which all we're hearing all over the spots. It's Jabari Smith this, Jabari Smith that, 6'10", shoots over everyone. And at first, when I was watching Jabari during the tournament, during the regular season in college, I was super impressed with him, right? His ability to make shots and basically has no conscience. He'll take any shot, really. Uh, He has a high percentage from three. We know that, Uh, my thing about Jabari Smith is you're likely drafting a star specialist, right? At the very least, you're gonna get a 6'10 unbelievable shooter, right? And that's very valuable for a lot of teams, but in a league where everyone shoots, right? Everyone's shooting threes now. Now you can argue, oh, you know, Jabari Smith, he shoots at high efficiency. And at 6'10, that's really invaluable. Um, I agree with that. Now, what I do want to say is, are you really gonna draft him over Chet Holmgren, who is literally a Swiss army knife at seven feet? He can pass, he can shoot, he can actually put the ball down, attack the basket. That's something that we don't see from Jabari, right? He doesn't attack the basket like that. He has shown some short flashes of attacking the basket, but let's be honest, those plays that I've seen are line drives, right? He just blows by the guy. Uh, But he's not super explosive, um, and he's not comfortable putting the ball down. Uh, He brings the ball up, right, sometimes, and then he'll turn his back to everyone coming up. That's something that you notice when someone isn't comfortable with their ball handling ability, right? Chet Holmgren doesn't turn his back on defenders. He'll dribble against guards. He'll dribble against centers. He'll dribble against forwards, wings, whatever it is. He grabs boards, right, on a defensive play, or he blocks it himself. And he takes it up and the defenders in his face or or backpedaling and he's dribbling. He's not worried about picking up the dribble. He's not worried about putting his back to the defender. That's something that's very important to me because Chet Holmgren shoot shot 39 percent from three right in college. And that's a really high number, but he's only taking about two or three attempts a game which either way, at least he's taking them, right? And we've seen flashes of him taking heat check shots, right? Which shows that he's somewhat confident in them. Although I will say that there are times when he passes up a ton of opportunities, wide open shots, right? Where six one guards like Jeremy Roach are closing out on him and he pumped fakes in the corners. Uh, And then he tries to put the ball down on the basket, right? To get to the basket rather. Um, And you know, those are the little things that I do notice too. You know, Chet Holmgren is a little bit of a, a pass first kind of like, let me involve teammates first type of guy. And to me, um, that could be a reason, you know, he's not necessarily an alpha, right, by any means. The, the offense ran through Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. We keep that 100%, right? Drew Timmy was the guy at Gonzaga, and he's going to be the guy next year because he just committed to another season with Gonzaga. Um, so that's one thing that we've noticed, right? And Jabari Smith is no different in that case, right? He wasn't the alpha, uh, for Auburn, right? He, those guards he was playing with, they were just ball hogs throughout the whole time. And you never really saw any negative body language from Jabari Smith, right? He's just kind of going through the motions. I'll get it when I get it. Uh, I'll pull up a shot with two seconds left in the shot clock because the guards are just literally dribbling the ball to know to, to, to just nothing, right? They just dribble the blood out of the ball, and then they would just toss it to Jabari in the last second. And even then, keeping a high percentage like that with attempts like those, it's very impressive for Jabari. Uh, but I want to start with Chet Holmgren, obviously. This is a guy that, like I said, seven feet, uh, Swiss Army knife. Just you're not going to see anyone like him in this draft, and we don't really see anyone like him in the NBA, um, some people say, oh, Kevin Durant and Kristaps Porzingis and Rudy Gobert and Al Horford. Um, I feel like he's a combination of all those guys, right? And that's saying a lot. You would think that combining all those guys and just creating that one player in a lab uh, would come out as an amazing superstar, generational player. Um, that's not the type of guy that I think Chet is going to be. That's not who he's been, right? I watched him at Minnehaha. In high school, right? Watch those games. I watched him at U19, uh, those USA basketball uh, games. Uh, They beat France in the final, by the way, obviously. Um, But yeah, he's just kind of like, uh, I'm going to get my teammates involved. I'm going to, you know, get these guys before I eat, right? I'll let them eat and then I'll eat. Uh, I'm going to set screens. I'm going to dive to the basket. I'm going to do some pick and pop. Um, I'm gonna play defense, I'm gonna help teammates recover. He's kind of a do-it-all guy, but he's a complimentary star, right? I don't see him to be a star. And, and that's a lot about how I feel about these guys in the top three, Jabari, Paolo, and and uh, Chet. These three guys to me, they scream complimentary star to me, right? Jabari Smith, off ball, catch and shoot guy, can take a lot of difficult shots and make them with high efficiency. Doesn't really put the ball down, Doesn't demand the ball. He's not really an alpha. Complimentary star. That's what it says to me. Uh, Paolo Banquero, same thing. Pretty good off the ball. Um, He's good with the ball in his hands. Obviously, he can make really good passes. The offense didn't really run through him at Duke. At times, it did, but it wasn't really... You know, when you're on a stacked team, it's kind of hard to to be that guy to say, hey, you know, give me this. I'm going to take us there. Even though at times, it was pretty clear he could have just you know, just flat out drove to the basket and no one was going to stop him at 6'10", right? But again, not his type of player, uh, not that type of player. Uh, So these three guys are very similar in that aspect. They're very team-oriented players and they don't really demand the ball. Now, if I had to choose between those three in order for me, uh, and the reason I would say those three is because those are the three Projected guys to go first, right? Those are those are the three guys that are being talked about all over the place. Um, so I would pick him like this: I would do Chet Holmgren first, then Jabari, then Paolo Banchero. And the reason I have Paolo at three and not second above Jabari is because to me, Jabari has Paolo's height, right? Size similar, obviously. Paolo's a bit stronger, um, but his shot making ability is already NBA elite level. He pulls up from NBA range and deep NBA range, right? It's not just a couple of steps behind the college line. This guy is taking shots like as soon as he steps half court, there's a lot of games where he's pulling up and and it's nothing but net. So he is a, he's just an elite shot maker. Right. Um, And he has the size like Paolo. So that's why I would put him ahead of Paolo, um, because he wherever whatever team drafts Jabari, they're going to instantly get offense. Right. It's just instant uh, pressure relieved off of you on offense. He's going to space the floor better than the other two. Right. He's going to space the floor better than than Chet, better than Paolo, because defenses better guard him, right? There has to be someone parked on, on a guy like Jabari, right? And at 6'10", speed-wise, um, he doesn't have a elite athleticism. Um, but, you know, if you put a 6'10 guy on him, if you put a center or, you know, something like that, he, he will take advantage of that. Um, so definitely watch out for that. Um, and that's why I'd have Paolo last because, to me, Paolo is kind of that brute force kind of like, I'm going to put my head down, drive to the basket and challenge people, right? Um, Obviously, he's a really good passer. He's a good playmaker, right? Uh, We've seen him catch the ball on the elbows, right? On the wings and kind of make passes, backdoor passes, uh, nice little thread the needle passes, lobs to Mark Williams, right? Things like that. So I think that that's where I would put them in that order, right? I would take Chet first because Chet does a little bit of everything these guys do and more, right? And he can shoot, right? He could shoot mid-range. He could shoot from the three. This dude is, he just has so much untapped potential and he's taller than both of them. And in my opinion, he's smarter than both of them on the court, defensively and offensively, right? He makes his teammates better um, with or without the ball, right? Jabari Smith needs the ball right to be effective. Now you might say, "Oh, you can just park him somewhere and he'll stretch the floor." Sure, that's fine, but Chet Holmgren's going to find the holes in the defense. He's going to help teammates recover When he's on defense, Uh, Chet's just a really smart player. His head is on a swivel on defense. His head is just looking everywhere. This guy, he has like, if you've ever played NBA 2K, he has like, he plays like on the 2K camera, right? Where he just oversees the court. And his head is, is just everywhere. Like I said, it's on a swivel, right? He's watching his man. He's watching the helper. He's watching the other guy with the ball. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just he, he's just active. He's, he's constantly looking for ways to contribute, right? And that's what makes him so important. And that's why, to me, it's a no-brainer, right? It's a no-brainer to pick someone that does everything the other two guys do, uh, plus shoot, right? Um, maybe he doesn't have the fit body, right? Like the strength, the, the, the frame that these guys have, but I mean, we're acting like that's something that he can't work on, right? He can. He's definitely gonna get stronger. That's just normal. Um, so to me, you know, picking Jabari over Chet, I mean, I wouldn't blame the Magic for doing that, right? Um, Jabari Smith, like I said, he will solve. He will immediately solve some problems that the Magic have. The problem is he won't solve as many of the problems, right? Like, what do the Magic need? They need defense. They need shooting. Desperately. They desperately need both. They're awful on both ends of that, Um, on both sides of that, right? So Jabari Smith, he's going to instantly solve their shooting problems, but they still need more shooting, right? So it's not like you draft Jabari and that's it. They're a playoff contender. I don't believe that, right? I don't think that you draft Paolo for the Magic and it's going to solve their problems because, again, the Magic are awful on defense and paulo a lot of the knocks on paulo are his motor right like he's not really some he sometimes he just looks uninterested right on defense and you i mean some will say oh well he's he's he plays for duke he, he's in, he was in college you know what i'm saying he's going to be more into it when he gets to the league i i kind of don't want to gamble on that right if you already think someone is uninterested out there i don't know you know you're playing for you're playing for a coach, a legendary coach like, uh, like Coach K, his last season, right? I mean, how much more passion do you need for the game to, to show effort like that, right, on defense? So he's not going to solve your defensive problems, right? And he's also not really going to solve your shooting problems. So you're just, I guess you're just getting a guy that you can give the ball to and he could just attack the basket, right? But without the spacing that Orlando lacks, right, they don't have shooters like that. How is how is Paolo gonna put them over the top, right? Um, I don't see it. So then we go back to the other one, right? We go to Chet. Chet's gonna help their defense. There's no question. This guy, 3.7 blocks per game, right? He can literally guard one through five. He may have trouble guarding guards, but he has quick feet and he positions himself very well on defense to the point where hey, you know, he can keep up with these guards and he can just use his length to, to alter their shots. Right. And then he's very switchable, like I said. So again, he's solving the defensive problems. Right. He's not he, it's not going to be a one man show. Right. There's, they're all going to need to collectively defend better. But Chet is going to really up that for them. Right. He's going to he's going to really bump up their defense. And then on top of that, on offense, he doesn't need the ball to, to help the Orlando Magic. Right. He he can he can catch and shoot he can pick and pop he can pick and roll he's a really good lob catcher he's a pretty good lob passer he's a really good just overall passer right we've talked about that people on espn youtube whoever you want to mention everyone talks about chet holmgren's passing ability so it's it's a no-brainer to me for orlando now i just saw a notification that chet holmgren uh did not provide uh, his medical, right? His medical work paperwork to, uh, to the Orlando Magic or OKC. Now, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, it throws a monkey wrench in my podcast here because, you know, you can take it two ways. Maybe he doesn't want to go to Orlando. But then again, why wouldn't he want to go to OKC? That's a team that could be very interesting for Chet to jump on, right? Because you've seen what OKC has done. Right, they develop players. They draft extremely well. Um, so I mean, and Chet on that team, pff, a guy that's good without the ball. I mean, come on, like that's he's a perfect fit. I would love to see Chet on OKC. Honestly, I would love to see him with the Orlando Magic. Um, but like I said, you know, besides that report, right? Um, all things considered, just the things that Chet brings to the table, to me, it's a no-brainer for the Magic. Uh, you know, you pick Jabari. He solves your shooting, but again, Chet solves a lot more problems, in my opinion. And that's going to do it for this quick episode on tonight's draft. Expect more episodes coming soon. The next episodes will be definitely longer than this one. This just I just wanted to get a quick little jump into these top three picks. There's a lot of discrepancy. There's a lot of uh, disagreements. There's a lot of agreements out there. And I just wanted to throw out my opinion based on what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've watched. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, again, from All Things Basketball Podcast. And you'll hear from me, episode two.